0: Start talking about something unrelated.
1: Unre- I can't talk about anything unrelated right now. Uh-huh. No, I can. Oh, my God. So... Kyle, you'll dig this. I just Yay. got a letter in the mail, and guess who yeah. the letter was from? I'll tell you. It was my landlord. Our rent is going up next month, and that is garbage. I'm very, very upset about that.
2: Wow, I can't imagine why you'd be upset that they're raising your rent in a time of a global pandemic,
1: Trevor. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's unreal. I mean, That's, granted, like sucks, it's a rent raise of like $50 a month, but still, like I live in a poor part of Provo. And it's not a great apartment. I mean, it serves its purpose, but the way that it is, is not great. It's got holes in the walls. It's got, Ugh. we got some mold in the bathroom and like our oh. yard looks like dog shit. But like, I get it because it's a cheap place in a cheap part of town. And those are kinds of the things you take when you get a cheap apartment. But yeah. they're raising our rent now. Now they're raising our rent mm-hmm. right now. They think it's an okay time to raise rent. Who owns your apartment complex, Trevor? Total Property Management. Uh, Total Property Management. They own, like, all of the apartment complexes in Utah County, I swear.
0: So the one place where uh, there's not a lot of market penetration for, well, the the topic of today's episode. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to episode 24-ish of Off the Crossbar. Uh, It's a special one of sorts. Uh, Kyle, what do you... uh, why don't you give us a little background on what we're about to do here?
2: Nothing, nothing crazy has happened this week, obviously. Everything's normal. We're talking, yeah, normal we're week. talking Colorado win. We're talking draw at Portland, and that's it. Just kidding. So, um, you know, Trevor, what you just said reminded me of something I heard about Deloitte Hanson um, <clears throat> after he furloughed his a lot of employees. Those employees who also lived in his housing were getting a, a um, an employee discount. So some people saw their rent go up as much as uh, six hundred bucks a month after they yeah. were furloughed. Jesus, Just something Christ. I saw. But anyway, oh, um, yeah, so that's that's bad. But we're talking Deloy Hansen this week, and we got together with our um, friends with um, or the friends at the RSL show, and we kind of did a roundtable thing because. Um, today's we're recording this on a Sunday and this morning it was, um, announced, um, kind of unsurprisingly, but I think how quickly it happened and in the fashion it happened was a bit surprising to some of us, um, that Deloitte Hansen will be selling Utah soccer LLC, which includes Real Salt Lake. It includes Real Monarchs and it includes the Utah Royals. So, um, and the Academy presumably.
0: Yes. Yes. So, the Academy is part of that.
2: So yeah, we're going to, we're getting new ownership and we talk, we don't, in this conversation with the RSL show guys, we don't go into depth into what happened with Deloitte Hansen. We kind of talk about what's going to happen moving forward. So I encourage everyone to listen to their episode that where they, um, they released on Thursday, which was the day of reckoning for for Deloitte Hansen. Um, and also go to the coverage that we had on RSL soapbox, um, uh, ryan sanders was it sanders all right yeah he wrote a really good um recap on thursday nights of all all the days happenings um and so this is this is kind of like a discussion about how we're feeling now kind of um what we think's gonna happen moving forward and what we hope happens moving forward
0: i think that's a, a great place to leave it off so uh enjoy the episode um we'll all introduce ourselves in there so we'll be you know.
2: see you on the other side yeah, no a chai you latte. Latte. Oh. oh, you see me yeah your haircut. oh i says. forgot we haven't we have a podcast i yeah thank you yeah. i appreciate it um i've yeah. seen jake i saw jake and josh today so i'm The stadium it was great nice yeah i mean it was it was super quick and, and clean, but uh, yeah, said my piece. I basically gave my, uh, my what's the what's the speech called at a funeral? Eulogy. eulogy. I gave a eulogy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: nice. Uh, so thanks for joining everyone. Welcome to the first RSL show off the crossbar roundtable. Uh, we thought that this would be a good idea considering the events of the last 72 hours or so um, to just get everybody in a Zoom call and talk some S, as it were. Uh, so, for those of you that don't listen to either the RSL show or off the crossbar, let's just go around and do some introductions, starting with Matt Montgomery.
0: All right. Matt Montgomery. Um, I do Off the Crossbar, managing editor of RSL Soapbox. and
2: uh, Introduce your children, Matt. Continue.
0: Oh, do I have children? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, me G- and Trevor.
2: Oh, well, yeah. I think it's me. I think Trevor's the uncle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uncle, yeah am I I
1: the un- uncle. Okay, I'll be the uncle. You're the oh. uncle.
0: Matt's clearly the patriarch.
3: Should,
1: yeah. should
0: I just pass it to the next person?
1: Yeah, pass it along. All
0: right. Kyle. Uh,
2: yes, I am Matt's child, and I also am on Off the Crossbar, and I take photos every once in a while uh, for RSL Soapbox. Trevor. Trevor.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, I'm Trevor, and I'm Matt's uncle, apparently. And no, you're, I... my,
2: you're my uncle, <laughs> you're, oh, Matt's I'm Kyle's uncle. you're Matt's brother. You're Matt's little brother, my uncle.
1: Matt's Okay, that makes way more sense. All yeah. right, I am, I know, I'm Trevor Brady. All I do is off the crossbar podcast, I pretend that I write for RSL Soapbox, but every single time I get an idea for a story, something happens and it kills the idea, so i don't write for rsl soapbox cool I just be on a podcast Hon- honesty <laughs>
3: uh all right i'm jake simons uh host of the rsl show i used to write for matt's blog the rsl soapbox
0: you still can if you want i might
3: maybe today will be the day that i return
4: uh andy yeah hey what's up uh producer andy for the rsl show i am literally here to delete anything that Jake doesn't want repeated publicly
5: nice. did you do anything and, uh, on
2: the last episode because you guys are the only like we haven't recorded since um this last week. Did you delete anything from the uh, Jake and Josh episode
4: no i so I left everything in there um, nice. that was the first episode that I trusted Jake's judgment <laughs> to leave everything in and uh Huh. yeah that's what i do i just do a little bit of editing make sure these guys don't stay in or get in trouble and so yeah andy muñoz producer andy of the rsl show yeah Uh
6: josh? Josh? uh josh i'm the other host of the rsl show i have no writing ability so i don't write for the soapbox <laughs> same <laughs> love it
5: yeah. josh yeah <laughs> and mitch well yeah yeah it's mitch hey uh mitch ours our cell show i guess i don't know i'm kind of not in salt lake at the time at the moment so we'll see how that goes but forever in our hearts just still here talking ourselves stuff it's
4: like seeing a ghost (laughs) it really is
3: (laughs) uh so i don't know how we want to start this thing off but ghost um, andy uh, general thoughts on, let's start with the last 72 hours, starting on Thursday morning, uh, Deloy Hansen puts his foot in his mouth, and then a, a series of somewhat tense, very action-filled days, cumulative uh, output is that now we're going to get a new owner. Kind of wild. That uh, happened fast, didn't it? Yeah, I I didn't think it would. Did anyone think that this would happen this morning?
5: I had a feeling, and I think I saw a tweet come by somewhere where someone posted that Deloitte waking up on a Sunday realizing that he's selling his club, and it was like a little meme. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know who posted it, but... Shout out to the poster, though. I had a slight feeling that something was going to happen quick.
2: I made a very inflammatory statement that he would be out by the weekend, but kind of said it in jest. Um, I didn't, I said he wouldn't make it through the weekend and um, I said that on one of my other, I said that on, on the podcast that I swear a lot on um, and I said he'd be gone or he wouldn't make it through the weekend and he didn't. So, But I didn't think that was actually going to happen. I thought I was just being facetious and uh, yeah, I think he just got scared. Like, I I think, well, I think he knew what was going to happen, and he was either going to accept it right now or try to fight it, and I'm very glad he didn't try to fight it.
0: Very glad. I think the writing was pretty much on the wall, right? Either he could try to delay it, or he could accept it immediately, but I think fighting it was basically a non-option at at that point. And he cares a lot about his public reputation, right, Um, which as somebody who rents, apartments to what roughly half the valley probably uh you've gotta pay attention to that and uh i think he he did the wise thing here and the only morally acceptable thing here
4: yeah yeah how how much oh go go ahead no go dude i read my horoscope a few days ago (laughs) and there was a significant event that was going to happen on the 27th (laughs) and no lie All of this stuff happened on the 27th, and here we are. New ownership. I'm pumped.
2: Yeah. This is, I mean, that day was, I don't know how Jake did it. So we all have jobs. Trevor is, (laughs) I think, has the job where he can't really check his phone throughout the day um, because he's busy doing actual work. But for the rest of us who are able to not work a lot of the time. I didn't do anything work-wise that entire day and I ended up working till midnight to do the rest of my job that I should have been doing earlier but I Jake I don't know how you did that day um, just I was I, typing out like the schedule of media appearance appearances you had
3: three um, in like two hours
6: yeah <laughs> in the
2: middle of the
3: day <laughs> yeah I called my boss and I was like hey I need to take the day off and he's like oh my god is everything okay like you know uh yeah no everything's fine and just uh i got a lot going on and he's an rsl fan oh, so nice he had he didn't really know because he was at work you know doing work things like a normal person and uh it just kind of spiraled i i did not expect a anything like any of the tweets from that morning to really take traction the way that they did um, and then to be sort of tapped in on as many sort of opinion you know interviews yeah. as there were but I'll tell you what I didn't eat until like Thursday night um, and then I've basically been running on coffee and monster energy for the past three days as more and more things. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Matt. Matt drinking. Um yeah, it it just it's nonstop. Like I I woke up this morning like I finally slept pretty well last night. Uh heard some rumors yesterday afternoon about things, but I really thought Deloitte was going to let the investigation play out. Um but knowing what I know about what's coming out like tomorrow and potentially could have come out in this investigation, you have to think that this is a way of getting out in front of it and preventing more uh, reputation damage uh, and potentially things coming out from his other organizations, like the man right. owns dozens of companies. You you can't think that this is only happening at RSL. That was why I was kind of frustrated with like Spence Checkett's interview
2: is that it was very much for And like Deloitte made a a mistake this morning. He said some emotional things this morning and the woke cancel culture is going to pile on and take him down because of what he said this morning, rather than like all of us knowing that this has been like, this has been brewing for probably the entirety of his like sole ownership of RSL. And, um, because it's, it's far reaching into other organizations. We, from what we've heard, um, like It it very much should not be focused on what he said that 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 morning. I think you said it, Jake, on one of your 10 interviews on on that day is that that was like a window into into how his mind is, is that that's how he thinks. It's not he didn't just make a mistake. He did make a mistake that morning, a huge mistake, but it wasn't what he said. That's he just said what he's always felt. But he decided to say it publicly for the first time in a long time. And yeah. so it needs to be. I think that needs we need like that needs to be hammered home. Is like this isn't like a woke thing. Or like he, this old man said some racist things. It's like no, this is like a pattern
3: that's been going on forever. And I, yeah. I'm really curious. How long ago did everyone hear their first horrible thing that Deloy Hansen did? Uh, gen- 20, genuine. I'm gen- I'm genuinely
6: curious. 2014, probably. I mean, honestly. So-
1: that's about what I was, was going to say. 2013, 2014. I, think. Yep. I had, I mean, we've all got friends that have worked for or still work for RSL. I had a friend that worked in the ticket office and she left several years ago. And I heard stuff from her that it was a horrible place to work. And I think that was about 2013, 2014 that she left. So yeah, to be fair, he screwed me over in 2013. So I could go 2013. <laughs> That's right.
3: Oh, 2013. I'm still cold. You know
6: that, that's the reason we lost that championship. If Deloy would not have left us on the tarmac, we could have done the hat trick. There was no hat trick.
2: <laughs> yes, sir.
6: You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: man. Uh, I think what's interesting is, like, we've heard stories from, I mean – there's obviously the big public facing ones like with Christ leaving and all that I think that's when it started to be like oh there's like something going on with Deloitte and how he interacts with like coaches or like the people that we generally interact with but I think we've heard so many stories of like you know ticket ticket office staff I had I had grounds crew people in my DM saying that like they were like with the players and they like didn't like they didn't they were scared for their jobs but they were like if I knew there were more people who I worked with who were like also on my side, like I'd be walking out of my job right now. Cause like, I don't want to work for this person. So it's like literally everyone in this organization. And what's interesting is that I think something we've all probably all heard is that people in the organization will be like, I feel like you guys on the outside know more than we do because of how little information gets disseminated down from like the top. Is that like, sometimes I'll be talking to someone in the organization. They're like, I had no idea that was going on. And like, I think that also was a huge glaring issue when it came to the furloughs, when Jake was breaking news about like these furloughs that were happening and then they denied them and then they ended up happening. It was just like, yeah, there's a huge issue with like structurally with that organization. And um, yeah. So I, I, I imagine this has been like this since
0: 2013. <sighs> yeah. I remember. You know, be- go ahead, Matt. Oh, I, I remember being, in that, that press conference when Deloitte took full ownership, and just how how kind of weird that felt, and seeing uh, you know Dave checketts I mean he didn't look like defeated, but he looked deflated, right? Jake, I think you were there with me, if if memory serves. So it was just weird.
3: Yeah, and I found out a lot more about the situation, the sort of the scenario around how that came about, and like I I don't think. Dave Chekets wanted to sell. Um, generally Deloy is a hostile takeover kind of guy and I I can only imagine that this was not a uh, hand you know cordial handshake deal where uh, Dave Chekets was happy to lose the team that he had built and especially to a man like Deloy
6: Hansen You know, well, if if you think back to a conversation we had earlier last week, uh, Deloitte didn't even want the team. So you have to wonder how that all went down. Yeah.
3: Uh, Which is, you know, interesting in in and of itself how this has ended because he's just giving it away. Like for all of the talk, I mean, not giving away, the man's going to make a lot of money, but for all of the talk of, I want to build something for the community. I want to be a positive influence. Oh, no. the community. we're losing it's always, it's always Jake. Mother.
4: <laughs> yeah, hey Back. Jake, can you can you start can you re- restate that thought again so they could hear what you said? Yeah. dude,
6: are you taking a shit?
3: Andy, he's asking you, Josh, God. Um, like? He's definitely in the bathroom.
2: He's, I mean, I gotta respect <laughs> it. He's producing from the toilet.
4: I'm not in a restroom. I'm in a bedroom. Sheesh! There's windows. It, there the looks door. like I, there really look, does look like a toilet uh, seat right behind you. Hold
3: on. We're, we'll this talk about. We're gonna talk about. Oh, that's a white chair. Apartment it, you're in later because that is not your house. We'll talk about that
5: later. I was so wondering that too. <laughs> I was looking at it the whole time. Like this is not where Andy lives. That's, where I know
3: I thought the same thing. There That's not go. Andy's Turns bathroom. I've seen Andy's uh. bathroom.
6: Mm-hmm. All right.
3: Anyways, the point is you have <laughs> you have to think that uh, there's a certain amount of, I don't know, introspection or something because the man has talked for years about wanting to build more than just buildings, right? He wants to build a soccer community. He wants to turn RSL into uh, an icon in the Salt Lake Valley and in Utah yeah. And to just sort of give up seems odd. And, and, and it could speak to a lot of the things that we've talked about. Um, some of the rumors that I had heard is that uh, Major League Soccer was looking to just remove his ownership and then they would sell the team sort of at a bargain, which would mean that Deloitte would lose out on, uh, you know, $100 million or more of, of earnings. Um, that's, that has to have played into this conversation for him. Um, I can't imagine, you know, he's probably invested 50 million to buy about 90 in the, in the Academy. And then, you know, a couple 10 million investment, $10 million investments here and there. So he's probably 200 million total to 20 maybe. Um, and to go from earning, you know, maybe a hundred million to maybe 200 million on the sale. That's a, that's a lot of money guys. Mm couple coins
2: i do think he doesn't want to i think he's going to sell it for less than he wanted to eventually though right i mean so what's weird is that we both both groups of people here just happen to have off the record meetings with um, Andy Carroll within the last week. And, and I know you guys sort of talked about that a little bit, um, but we, and uh, not going to go into specifics or anything, but he did kind of give out a number for what the valuation, what he thought the valuation would be, which is less than what we knew Deloitte wanted at one point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of taking some solace in the fact that he's going to get less than what he probably would have wanted eventually. But like you said, it's either he goes out now kind of on his own terms in a way, um, I still, I still think he's going to get crushed in the media in the next couple of weeks, but, um, or he gets forced and it's going to be a lot less. So it's kind of a no brainer unless he really wants to lose a hundred million dollars.
0: Yeah. One interesting thing for me here is that he still owns several apartment complexes, like on the Academy land, um, that he bought with the club, right? I don't know where that money came from or, or what it's probably his personal investment. Right. Um, but where we thought oh he's doing this for the academy like he still has two big apartment complexes on on you know in that like 14000 block right and it's uh it, it tells me a lot about like about what he was looking to get out of it and what he'll still be getting out of that because he's not going to sell those apartment complexes that's his bread and butter
3: yeah so um, going forward the, i think the question that a lot of people are asking so what does this mean for Real Salt Lake? Um, and, ex- and by extension, uh, the Monarchs and the Royals. Um, there, there's all sorts of possibilities for one owner, for all three teams, multiple owners for all three teams, different owners for each team. Um, we've heard some rumors. And I, I think the likelihood is probably the Utah Soccer LLC which owns all three teams is what gets sold as one entity. No, oh, doggos. And uh, the question kind of becomes who? Um, should we walk through the rumors? Yeah. And just talk about how we feel about them.
6: Do it. Yeah.
3: Yep. Let's do it. Can all I right, just so... say really
0: quick that your dogs are really cute?
3: Yeah, they're awesome. Look at both of them. Hi guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so off coming in off the top rope. right out of
0: the
2: gate wow oh lost you for a second you got to be hardwired in my guy
3: well yeah the there's only one cat five in my house it's stupid um so kind of coming in pretty quick josie Altador. uh i think a lot of people thought he wasn't necessarily serious turns out very serious um what do we think about Josie Altador bringing in an investment group?
6: Uh, he knows soccer. He knows U.S. soccer. Yeah. could be the, interesting. The, I, don't, I don't know how it works out with him being a current player, though.
5: The thing that makes me nervous <laughs> is with athletes taking over a club, and if the investment group is just out of all athletes, that the egos are going to be too big, which might cause another – you never know what happens there, but we all know what happens when egos get big. You know, um, things get messed up. So I, I don't do, know. Do we, how do we I know feel anything about,
2: about his group? Like, who is made up of that group?
5: No, I
3: have
2: no. no idea. We know he was on the phone with Nick Ramondo yesterday.
3: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are just investigative conversations. Yeah. That's. I mean, it's. I think Nick will be involved in almost any group. Totally. Um, Just because of his status as a legend in Real Salt Lake history, uh, it will be key for whichever group comes in to have people like him in positions to sort of speak for them to get the fan base to buy in.
2: Well, that's something kind of what I'm curious what everyone thinks about, like, the prospect of an ownership group versus, like, a more individual owner. Like, we know... Andy Carroll really spoke highly of like Deloitte being the single owner and how advantageous he claimed that was for RSL. And he, he directly compared that to clubs like LAFC with their gigantic ownership group. And they have a whole bunch of people at different levels of ownership, like Will Ferrell and Magic Johnson or whoever, but they're obviously not making soccer decisions, but they do have a big group of owners. And I'm curious what you guys think about like the prospect of it being a group instead of it being like some sole billionaire who, I mean, I think we've seen how bad it can be when it's the one person. Obviously that's not the case for, for every, every club, but you know, if, if employees or people have problems with the owner of the club, who, who do you go to? There's no one to go to. If there's a group, I feel like that power is kind of democratized a bit more, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to think about that at this point.
1: I agree. Um, Basically what you're saying, Kyle, the, problem is with one owner. It's definitely advantageous. You've got only one guy making decisions and you can move a lot quicker. You can have um, a single plan that everybody just buys into. And that's kind of the stuff that Andy Carroll was talking about. And in that sense, it's good, but you look at a lot of clubs around the world with single owners and a lot of them get to be or are problematic for a lot of different reasons. Um, If you have one rich guy making all the decisions, the club rides or dies by whatever decisions he's making. If you have multiple owners, you have a lot of people that can check other people. If somebody has a bad idea, that can be checked by the other owners and say, no, we're not gonna do that. And so ultimately, I think, in my opinion, multiple owners is a great idea. I don't know that it's definitely going to work, but compared to what we just had, I think (laughs) it's an idea that we have to explore. A lot of the problems with Deloitte as an owner could have been solved that there was somebody else in the room saying, no, we can't do that. That's yeah. a bad idea. And I have a say in this, so we're gonna talk about this before we move forward.
3: Yeah, the trick there is having people who are comfortable saying no, which, you know, that was a question mark at RSO.
0: Yeah, I think if um, we had like 10 Deloy Hansons, uh, like why not yeah. just have one? Um, I think if we, if we get a diverse ownership group and we have some actual representation in that ownership group, uh, through someone like Josie Altador. like I think that's, an, that's a huge net positive for me. Um, even if the ownership group is problematic in some ways, like makes it difficult to make decisions. Um, although I would hope that they would give power to like a president instead of assuming the role of president themselves. Right. But
6: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, you know, my thoughts to kind of mimic you guys is, you know, what we had with Deloy was in many ways just a a dictator shape of of sorts right Um, a lot of the complaints that we would see you know no real money players who could make a difference budgets were coming in uh, way below than what we would need to see them at and so just like you guys are are mentioning i think that having um, an owner's group not only allows it for um, harder decisions to be made a little bit easier that might actually be in the interest of the club and not really more so pockets but I also I I do get excited at that thought because it allows for way more creativity um in, in engaging the fan base and maybe doing some changes that we would like to see that new teams have implemented in the league who are making huge impacts only in what two or three years in the league and we've been in the league for what 12 years and so I think that um I'm definitely in for a vote to, to have multiple owners.
6: I I also think that multiple owners, it's a lot easier to force out a bad owner as to where, you know, we're in a position now with one owner that's bad. It's, it's difficult to get him out. So yeah. when you have multiple guys, you know, kick him out or whatever you got to do.
2: So, and like, and people have kicked around other ownership groups um as jake was mentioning so we have we have josie and those people but then one of the ones that people are kind of clamoring for locally is larry h miller and the miller group which is a more of like the single ownership it's called a group but it really would be gail miller if i understand it correctly and her her sons um and i'm personally against that because i think they may have some similar um I don't know how inflammatory, but they may have some similar problems. They're obviously smarter about, they are not going to go on radio, but I also just think that like, maybe it's time to get some like outside. I I know people want local and people are worried the club's going to move or whatever. And I don't think that's, I think that's an extremely low possibility that MLS would let owners move the club. I, I think that's overestimating how much power an owner would have in the league in a single entity format. I don't think MLS would let them take a team out of Salt
3: Lake. It was, it was, it would be stupid. Um, it's also I, incredible. it's also entirely cost prohibitive, right? Absolutely. It's, it's a billion dollar move. It's, yeah to, it's, to buy it's the team, stupid. build stadiums, it's a billion dollars.
2: Mm-hmm. And there's already like yeah. we're gonna be at what 30 teams in MLS and a couple. Like, where do you even move it to? Um doesn't make sense. But I, I'm personally against the Millers. I think I would rather it be more diversified, the ownership. Like it kind of feels kind of like a monopoly if they own both. I kinda I don't know. I don't want the I don't want the clubs, I don't want the Utah Jazz and um, the owners of RSL moving forward to have a bad relationship, like we know Deloitte did with the Millers for quite some time. But I also don't want it to be like they own everything in the Valley. I right. I don't know how I, I wouldn't want them to that. be.
6: Yeah, I wouldn't want them to be like you know we can't sign Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert to a max contract because we just bought RSL.
2: Yeah, they also have so a ton have have of two- uh, furloughed employees that are also still right. on furlough. So if they go and buy a another like a sports team, that seems kind of weird, but.
4: Yeah, yeah I think you see a you. lot of the same the same instances with the Gale Miller group, but like you said, they're just really, they're much better at keeping it under the radar and, you know, not making the mistake that Deloitte made by going onto a radio station.
2: Yeah, I've heard some very concerning things recently, actually, that's led to a certain assistant coach leaving the Jazz at the end of this season. And a certain star player being really mad at the ownership right now. So I think it might be better if we get a, a larger, diverse ownership group that's like, these things aren't, these just aren't problems we have to deal with. Like, I'd rather deal with problems of disagreeing owners than than players having direct conflicts with the owners. Because that should never happen. Like, it should never you shouldn't have native going on BBC saying like, I don't, I don't want to play for this man. (laughs) Like, that's like, it's insane that that would ever be a thing with a player and an owner. Um, That just says the owners are way too involved with the players, which we all know has been a huge problem with the loyal along anyway.
3: But uh, yeah, kind of, kind of to that point, like there's, there's a part of me, like I'm interested in who the owner is going to be. I'm far more interested in who gets to own or excuse me, run the day-to-day operations far more interested Um, that has been a problem for years. And the reality is that I want an owner that says, here's some money, go do your job, right? Do what I hired you to do, go be excellent. Don't, not somebody who like, I've been in meetings with Deloitte Hansen where he walks into the room, gaslights everyone on his team and then leaves no context. No real goal, he just lights everybody up and then takes off, and that's not healthy. You need somebody who trusts the people that he, he's paying. I agree with good Jake, it's not healthy,
0: and he cut off there. Oh, he's back,
3: nah. yeah, it's just not healthy, right? <laughs> um, I think that, and I'm a little too close to this. This is like people give me crap about this all the time because they're my friends, crap, but uh. They are really good at what they do, and I was—I've th- been thinking about this since the news broke, and you know, long before as well. But I remember when, when like the digital team had fun and produced good content, and not to say that they don't produce good content right now, but they're entirely hamstrung. So, an owner, like if even if we say some of the outside chances, like Ryan Smith from Qualtrics, or. Uh, a Donovan Mitchell led group, uh, you know, uh, the one that is recently floated around that uh, I think a lot of people are alluding to is sort of a throwback to a different era of Real Salt Lake. I'll just leave it at that. Um, I, those all have more bite to them for me. Um, I would like to see some diversity in the group. I like the idea of multiple owners. Um, And frankly, I I just want the right people running the day-to-day operations so that everyone, like the team can do better, the people in the front office are happier and healthier because it has been so toxic for so long.
2: Yeah, and I think something that was super indicative of that weird relationship that Deloitte had is that, so when he went on ESPN 700 and talked about, Spence asked him about them closing the practice facility for RS or uh, for the RSL um, for the first team. He said he talked to Zach McMath on the phone about whether the team should practice that morning. I was like, what, why, why, why were you on, why was it you that were on the, that was on the phone with Zach McMath deciding if the team was going to practice. Like I, it's just, it was so weird how intertwined he was as an owner like deciding with the goalkeeper Who has apparently? Who I'm very pleased that Zach has been like a huge leader over the last few days, which I didn't didn't know was a thing. But like, it's so strange that he was on the phone with Zach McMath, and that was. We've heard so many stories of like him just getting way too weirdly intertwined with players and their contracts, but it's just yeah, no more of that. None none of that. It's super strange.
1: To the point of him talking to Zach McMath, it doesn't make sense really that he's talking to a player, but. It makes sense that it's Zach McMath. He's the Players Association representative yeah. for RSL. So, if somebody's gonna lead some kind of protest or anything like that, it makes sense that Zach McMath is the one that stepped up and talking it. to the owner about it. But it doesn't make sense that he's talking to the owner directly, especially right.
2: since he already got in gigantic trouble for like the during the last CBA where he got the biggest MLS fine of all time yeah. um, <laughs> about his like anti-player comments back then. Like it's. It's just weird that he gets so involved in this type of thing. Who? Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, and frankly, though, that has put him in hot water since day one with uh, multiple people inside of Major League Soccer. So there's there's also this line of Major League Soccer being like taking a huge sigh of relief right now. I'm sure, because um, it really was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time before. Someone filed a suit or more like he said something worse even than what he said, because what he said was bad. It was not God awful. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people have been very confused. I've had a lot of people ask me like, was it really that bad? What he said? It's bad. It's not. What really pushed this over the edge was the athletic article. And I think what what's coming out in the next couple of days and what an investigation would have uncovered because like I think he could have made his way through the comments from Thursday with a, with a better apology Thursday afternoon and without all of the other stuff coming up. But that's the kind of stuff you want to avoid. Like, I don't, I don't think major league soccer really had a choice when they were vetting Deloitte. As the, as the owner posts Dave Checkets now there's a choice, right? Now you can take your time, vet the right ownership group. Um, so the, the, the hope is that whoever that person is stays very close to the fans, stays very close to the community, and sees this club for what it is. And uh, you know, it, it is so much more than just dollars ad revenue. It's so much more than that, and that's all it's been for Deloitte for
4: years. Um, yeah, he, I, mean, I think you said revenue when you cut out.
0: Damn. I mean, you're basically saying it's ad revenue is a big thing for him, right? Yeah, and that's I think all, we that's all like been. he has leveraged the club to buy Broadway Media. I I don't mean leverage in like the the technical legal sense, um, but he's used the influence there to buy companies like Broadway Media. Um, I know he bought a big billboard company at some point what like four or five years ago Mm -hmm. Um, because he was tired of giving the money which i don't know it's
2: it's why pay for a service when you could just own the service is like his thing right (laughs) like why very
0: very diy yeah the
5: thing I'm, i'm curious about is the advertising on the the royals jerseys because every company that he owns is on the royals jerseys is that going to change or is that going to stay the same and he's still going to have to pay them for advertising? Mm, be
3: there, there is a contract, right? So you would imagine that that will live on. The question will become not only just the Royals jersey, but think about Wasatch Property Group advertising at Rio Tinto Stadium. Think about all of the companies, Soleil Energy, they, that's a Deloitte-owned company. They are all advertising at the games and that I don't know that that will remain but I also don't think it's healthy that only Deloitte's companies are advertising at the games that's it's a lot of self-dealing
5: it never made sense to me because as a if you're an owner you want money from the outside to come into your company yep and not your other companies putting money in one of your companies that, that that never made sense to me so
2: it's a very hey, yeah. incestual relationship he's got with his entire like web of companies. I don't, yeah, I don't like, even know how many like a, LLCs he's got, but it's like it's easily it's hundreds. Hail Hydra type of type beat going on. <laughs> yeah. It's like
5: it's like a giant polygamous family.
2: <laughs> it really is. Washakie Renewable Energy type of company.
5: Keep yeah, it so. in the family. It's,
1: I, I, I mean, think. Go ahead, Trev. So I was just gonna say um, with his with what's happening with him with RSL and the Royals and the whole soccer umbrella with him being forced out in this way, I can't, I mean, this was a thought I had the the same question that Mitch had, like what's going to happen, all the sponsors and yeah, there's contracts, but I'm sure under an ownership change, there's gotta be some kind of clause that like the new ownership can renegotiate or talk about new sponsorships. So there's that whole side of it that we don't really know the answer to, but I can't imagine that all those companies that Deloitte has his hands in are also going to see this and be like, yes, we definitely still want Deloitte on our board. We definitely still want him as an investor. Like, I don't know how far this is going to go, but that's a definite possibility for a lot of those companies is they may also ask him to leave, ask him to sell his shares or um, no longer be associated with them if they still want to be a sponsor, if they still want to operate in Utah because of the damage that this is going to do to Deloitte's uh, reputation and therefore the damage that it might do to their company if he's involved. So there's also that all backlash that we also have to wait for with all of his other companies and holdings that he has a part in, he may not be a part of Salil energy. So it might be fine, that they're still a sponsor.
3: Mm, No, he, he owns that whole company. He, he took them them over on an equity call. Yay. Uh, (laughs) Really? (laughs) Wow. That's That's how he rolls my friends.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking specifically of uh, Royal Title as well. I know that one was a sponsor for the Royals, and the whole thing was women-led. And Deloy's got his fingers in it, but he doesn't own it. It's not his company. He he does own it. He does. He does he own that. it? Oh yeah. Oh, yes. oh my god.
3: Oh yes.
5: I think everything Deloitte oh. is in, is into, oh, he owns. Yeah. He en- he ends up
3: owning. He right. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah he okay, starts. That's right. He starts as an investor. And he has a very specific MO and he's really good at it. And that's how he ends up with so many companies on the cheap. He rarely actually has to pay real money for a company. Rarely. Mm. So I okay.
2: wonder what's well, going to happen with uh, – so, like, I mean, I think – I don't have Facebook anymore, but I, I'm assuming there's Good just for you, Kyle. God-awful Facebook comments going on right now. All
1: of them. They're and all the, the most
2: So awful. what I – so there's not an there, – there seems to be – there's probably a significant overlap of people who used to complain about Deloitte Hansen not spending money on players, but who are now defending him because he's on the wrong side of the culture yes. war. So there's like fan. – I'm wondering what's happening with those fans who are like, why isn't he buying Messi? But also may or may not be – like. Uh, so now he feels obligated to defend the guy that wouldn't buy Messi. So I don't know what's going on with those comments. I wonder overall how fans feel. I know that like the day all this stuff came out, I know the, tickets, uh, the season ticket people were completely swamped the entire day of people trying to cancel. And of course there's probably some who were mad about the players. I don't know what percentage that was, but from my understanding is that um, a, the significant or the majority were people mad at Deloitte Hansen. So um, I don't, I do you, do, you guys overall know like, or have like a vibe on what the, like the average casual fan, I really want to know like what these people think, like people who go to games when they get free tickets or whatever, and just casually follow on, talking sports um i just don't know like i'm getting texts that are like what's going on with rsl like the owner's gone like what like what happened and yeah i it's it's really this is like a completely i mean we 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 drain our um brains with this stuff like constantly it's just like there's nothing else going on for me some days so i wish i knew less but i'm trying like what do you guys think about what the average casual fan is thinking right now
1: my only experience. Oh Okay. My only experiences is with <laughs> I mean people that I've worked with and my roommate, um, who are all generally casual fans, but all of their responses when I tell them what's happening is like good. That guy shouldn't be in charge of a team. Um, but when I talked to when I called in and, and canceled my season tickets, I talked to the ticket rep and they said, so why are you canceling your tickets? Which reason is it? And I asked him. <laughs> which like, of the two right now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. He's like, which of the two reasons is it that you're canceling the tickets? And I told him it was Deloitte, and he said, oh, okay. And I asked him what the second one was. And he said, well, we've had some people call in and complain about the players not playing. Mm-hmm. and But the way, just reading his tone of voice and everything, it sounded like they're like exactly that there was a couple of people but the vast majority like
2: the people who verbally people, assaulted uh the fans leaving the stadium that day and yelled at lucas as well for yeah
1: yeah like there it it, it seemed like it was a very small percentage of people but there's definitely some people that are mm-hmm. mad at the players but it sounded like most people are mad at deloitte for Good. being yeah. Deloitte. so
2: i mean not that it really matters overall because i think they did the right thing is happening regardless and um you know people who had been turned off at a certain point i think when things get back up and running and back to normal um i mean you can still watch rsl score four four goals against portland uh two in the two two in the in stoppage time to tie it up so that's still happening and people can still enjoy soccer and all this can all this stuff can happen in the background and players can still play the game and be passionate about it as we saw last night like um that's still going to keep happening so like i'm glad that like this might be—I don't know if it'd be better or worse if there wasn't soccer happening right now. But I think it is—it's—it's it's reassuring that like the games are just going to keep going on and the players will keep fighting for for the team. I think that's I, that's good. I
5: I personally don't get how people can be mad at the players for doing this because what who would you blame if there was a a, a thunderstorm? Yeah. Like if the, if the game got canceled through because of weather or whatever, like who?
2: yeah i don't get, i, mean, I, don't, I don't get it's, that part, it's it's really know? the it's the culture war stuff like in the facebook comments like
1: yeah it really yeah. is it's i was it's, gonna say it's it's very very state, polarized yeah this state is i mean it is anti-labor in a lot of ways we're very much supportive of very rich people doing very rich things because that's the way that the state is like we anytime there's any kind of worker strike or anything like that everybody i know is always on the side of the owners you know especially
2: I mean? like when it comes to like way well, yeah, people don't like teachers striking either, but like exactly. when they yeah, see we're, professional athletes striking too,
1: labor in the state.
2: Yeah. When they see professional athletes too, like a lot of these people are like, look at these crybaby millionaires. Like they have it way, yeah. way easy. Yeah. They don't, you don't listen to what Nadem says. Like, and you don't hear his message or anything. They're just like, look at these, you know, ungrateful players or, or whatever. So they get that type of anger. So, but I'm, now that stuff is going to pass. And, um, you know, especially when it comes to RSL, it's going to pass. It's overall, no. But, uh, um, you know, as we move into a new ownership group, hopefully people find that, like, you know, reason to continue supporting RSL. Because I this stuff, it's it's pretty shitty for everyone all around to have to deal with this. From the Mike Pecky stuff leading into, like, this is a lot for the players. It's a lot for the fans. And it's not th- something that a lot of fans have to deal with with their their club in the in the public eye this much that's off the field stuff that's pretty unique to rsl over the last year or so has it been a year since the when did pecky look it was august last year
5: yeah Yeah. 13 months or so
2: man what a a year it's been
0: july 24th pioneer day oh
2: my goodness that's right
5: wonder how he's feeling right now
2: that I'll check his likes. Yeah. No, check his likes. <laughs> I mean, what, what I think I, I checked and it's still, it's, there's nothing new, unfortunately. I, mm. you know, I, but like, what what's funny is like, we heard a lot of this stuff through the documents that were released with pet keys suing and everything. I mean, that's the reason the MLS constitution became public. And we knew that there was a very real chance of Deloitte being stripped of his ownership was because you know, Petkey's lawsuit released those documents. And we heard, we, or we read what Craig Weibel had to say about working under Deloitte Hansen. So, I mean, and we know that this has been deemed as the, one of the hardest places in the league to work. And Andy and Deloitte will always tell you about how many obstacles we're up against about how this is a small market, how we don't have a Fortune 500 company here and how like we don't have the advantages of an Atlanta, of a New York, of an L.A. But then they give themselves more hurdles by being awful people to work for. So it's like we can be we're always going to I mean, for the time being, we're going to have those hurdles of being a small market. We're going to have the hurdles of. I mean, we do have all the tech companies, but we don't have the you know, the Mercedes Benz, as as Andy would say. But we can make this a good place to be, and like it used to be a good place to be. And so I think making, when you're a small market and you have those disadvantages, it's important to build that culture to where this is somewhere where people want to be, and it's not a hard place to work. It shouldn't be a hard, I mean, jobs are demanding, yes, but like it shouldn't be a miserable place to work. Like you should be happy to be here, and we should, the new ownership group needs to, I hope understands,
3: will understand that and cultivate that type of culture. Amen. Yeah. Anyway, no, and I, and I, I would push back and I, I have with Andy in particular, like there is money in this state that can be used for growing this club. And the reality is there is a bias against going after it. And that, is that like, has... the, like the tech companies in particular. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Um, and I just think that uh, there are there's going to be a change in how this club has to be a change in how the club operates from top to bottom. That is also directly related to the owner, but it goes back to saying you know it ma- I think it matters more who is in the front office every single day. And I really believe that there are enough good people in that office to turn this thing around and that the community is ready for it. I think a lot of people have been very turned off by the last seven years of Deloitte Hansen owning this club that will come back the second we have a a heart and a soul at Rio Tinto again.
5: I I think that Deloitte just did not have a winning mentality when it comes to the, the games on the field. And that's why he didn't want to put his money into it as yeah. much as we wanted him to put the money into it because we want a better striker. We want better defenders. Like, he's not giving anybody money because he's just, he just doesn't have that uh, winner's mentality. Yeah, we, we
2: heard what Andy Williams said. That was, like, incredibly damning, like, everything right. that, that he shared.
6: Right, like, if you're not even going to pay the salary on a free guy? Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: I mean, Jake would get, tell us sometimes like there's a contract sitting on Deloitte's desk, and he wouldn't sign it. And then like Craig would have had an agreement and everything, and then all we needed was a signature. Nope.
6: And it, then and it then happens. It's it happens more than we would all like to admit.
2: Yeah, Happy and
3: it,
6: it also works the
3: other way too with selling players, like millions of dollars of potential revenue for this club that just got dusted under. Uh, the bed because Deloitte didn't want to sell players like milk. Like over didn't want to you know? Over, yeah. Over $10 million. Really? Potential sales.
1: Yeah. Which is like, such crap. Like that was to keep going back to the Andy Carroll conversation that we had, he was talking so much about like we've got a specific plan and that specific plan for this team and for this market, because of all of our hurdles is to develop players and sell them on. And I don't know about you guys, but when I was hearing, when I hear that, and it's been said a number of times that that's the plan for this team. We haven't sold any players. We've sold like two or three. And most of the times when we sell them, we sell them for way cheap. And we're forced to sell, like in the Carlos Salcedo situation. Like, yeah, we sold him first year. That wasn't the plan the whole time to sell him that time for that much money. There was supposed to be this plan in place. And yeah, just hearing that makes me so upset because yeah. it's obvious they could have sold players. And, they, they, times, yeah, they, players he, he and they he talks
2: about them. yeah, he talks about that plan, but it's a half-assed plan. But they're also not doing the other thing where you know, like they're not spending uh, any money on players, but and then they talk about like that's the model. But the model clearly doesn't work or they're not actually doing it. And that Andy let it slip a, a couple of years ago or whatever, when he said the goal was to make the playoffs. I I cannot stop thinking about when he said the goal is to make the playoffs in a league where over half the teams make the playoffs. And, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing um, impressive about making it to the playoffs and getting eliminated the first round. The goal every year is to win the cup and play in champions league. And if you say the goal is to play in champions league, okay, I'll go with that one. The goal, I would be sick to win champions league, but if you're playing a champions league, that means you're winning trophies. Um, and yeah, like Andy said, I don't know how much of this off the record meeting, I don't know if <laughs> matters at this point, but yeah. he said, he, hey, said like, he said, like, he said that he said something like, "I want to be." He said, "I want to be the Alabama University and the New England Patriots." He couldn't remember that we were supposed to be the IAX model. He forgot about that whole thing. But he said, "Mitch the, just threw up." Yeah, he said he wanted to be the uh, the New England Patriots and and Alabama University football. He, he kept doing football references. And like they're not doing e- any of those things. Like, I, I don't, the, the model that they claim to be the, the way for success, um, we've yet to see any of, of that. I mean, we have some really good players that have come out of the academy, and we are, we, are we, have t- we have a very talented team for all things considered. And I have, if anything, I have way more respect for our front office, our coaching staff, and our players, knowing the hurdles that they've had to, that, have, that Deloitte has placed on this, on this club knowing the like we could we are not a dumpster fire compared to other teams in this league and we've still managed against all odds to be a a competitive team and I think that there are other clubs that wouldn't have that would have flamed out a lot worse um so I think that speaks to the resolve of a lot of the people who are left in the organization that things are as um okay as they are but I think the most frustrating thing is that we know that this club is this this club is one of the great clubs in this league and we should be we should be challenging every single year for the cup and no one should be beating us at home. Like that's how it used to be.
6: Uh, Um, And back to the youth thing. It's, it's very frustrating because we did talk to him about, you know, youth players moving up, not losing youth players for free, et cetera, et cetera. A day after this conversation, we lose Zach Booth for free. I So you just don't know where to trust.
4: Yeah. You know, it's uh it's just a very weak strategy and weak execution. Um, because when we met with Andy Carroll, and you know, arguably Utah's like one of well, Salt Lake City is one of the fastest growing cities in the in the country. Uh, we see it all around. There's new developments, specifically like Lehigh with new businesses coming in. And I'm not gonna say verbatim like what Andy Carroll had said, because I think it was kind of like in confidence, but It really, it was just such a weak reasoning. And I think Josh and Jake, if you guys remember, I asked them. I said, well, why don't you go after the tech companies in Lehigh, you know, uh, Silicon Slopes. And the reasoning was just so weak. It wasn't a real answer. It was literally like, it was, it it was like a half-assed joke. But I mean, there's literally um, ways to bring in more money into the club but it's it's just yeah what's you know, the all deal around there? It, all like, around it's just so weak it's there it's, are there's... so many companies do that we, are we... moving
2: here and want to ingratiate themselves into the community i'm sure like you see you see them like the billboards everywhere and like these companies especially moving in and with not having a larger discussion about everyone moving their employees here but like these companies that are moving here of course want to be um interwoven to, into the community so there's got to be that desire okay hang on right? Kyle.
4: hang on let me interrupt you for a do second. We, sure. Do we want to go uh, no more recording for a hang second? Hang on, Jake. We'll, we'll... Jake, uh, can I say verbatim what was said? Yeah. I'm <laughs> I mean, if it's we, the same thing we, we heard. We so. didn't sign it. Okay. We, we didn't sign it. Oh, oh All right, hang on. This is what was said. These guys are nerds. Oh, my God. They, hang on. Yeah. They... <laughs> They have a vendetta. They have a grudge against jocks.
1: I think oh. they don't like sports.
4: Oh. And I think they will not invest in sports. Oh. I th- oh.
5: This is such an old. Oh. old. Oh. Such oh, a- hey.
4: So, that, that to me is way. like, you know, coming from <laughs> a perspective. Look
2: at where, Matt. Matt's on the corner of the screen. He's coming. He's
4: <laughs> sorry. Oh, beep, beep. So, oh. coming from a perspective where it's like, you know, you you, you really have to go into these things blind and you can't have a certain uh you know misconception Real salt lake is a good team yes soccer in salt lake city is a good sport it's a huge sport it's growing so when i heard that i mean it was just the most i I just don't want
6: to say anything else that's andy do you remember the the answer when i posed the question about the hispanic market about what was being done to draw them in in line. He didn't have one. He didn't have one. Just, we have, a, we have a plan for that. Bil- That's all he said. Billboards in Spanish. Yep. Mm. And then you know what? He blamed Bill Manning. He blamed Bill Manning because Bill Manning didn't want to do anything about it. Wow. So they were going to start doing something about it. It's been seven years. When did Bill, Bill Manning, Manning left in 2013.
2: Oh yep. my goodness!
6: So it's, I, it's, he, Bill, did, it's Bill Manning's fault we don't go after the Hispanic market. Eight, seven, Bill Manning, seven, the seven.
1: president of Toronto FC, <laughs> it's his fault that we aren't going after the Hispanic it's market. His fault.
2: Um, that's incredible. Yep. I mean, he's Andy in particular is going to be gone with Deloya, which we all we which we all know. Um, but his his mindset just in general seems so old school. I mean, he he talked about how incredible the efficiency of, of his teams and how lean they were. And now it's cool that he has employees that work around the clock. And I straight up said to him, I was like, this sounds like a miserable place to work, dude. Like, I, It's not cool yeah. that other teams have a team of, or other organizations have a team of six doing what an individual person in this company does. Like, that's not cool to me. I, I, that doesn't speak to... That speaks to them being miserable. Like I don't, I don't understand this mindset of like this old school Wall Street thing, just like bashing nerds and stuffing them in lockers and like making people work around the clock. Dude. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's really telling. Like Ryan Smith from Qualtrics, like tech CEO, founder of a company that sold for eight billion dollars. Unreal. Right, on Twitter, immediately expressed interest in uh, buying uh, Real Salt
6: Lake. <laughs> Josh, Josh. are we? Yeah, we're we're, Josh. Josh turned into a robot again. Yeah. again. Which poses the question: How hard did they actually try to get sponsorship? Uh, so. Well,
3: I, I think that's the thing. Like, it's uh, if you have a, a tech giant come in and say they already have my number. Uh, what are you? What are you even doing to try and get this money zero? Yeah. Does it come down to Deloitte wanting his own companies advertising in the spots where
2: potentially
5: the tech companies would be? I think think that's it. I really think that's it. But it's like a a mindset of having like, Oh, I don't like the bank. So I'm not going to ask the banks to sponsor me.
4: So anyone who's listening, um, I'm used to cold calling and speaking with executives and directors. Uh, Put me on the task. I will call, I will get some tech money. I'll bring it to the club.
3: I actually i don't even think it would like you're really good at what you do not to say like i don't think it would be that hard i don't i just don't think it would be that hard like, like they're literally um,
2: wanting to like they, they, have want, to ask. they want to you
3: just ask oh
2: dude i
3: don't it, know boy it, it it just goes to like a lot of the conversation that we had on monday because you guys had yours on saturday we had ours on monday and it was <laughs> nice uh it is it was centered around a lack of vision a lack of a plan uh, both on the business side and the footballing side, and you have to hope that people see this as a market that has growth potential from a soccer side and from a revenue side. Um, Real Salt Lake has been one of the only teams over the last couple of years to do really well financially, um, and that has suffered a little bit in the last couple of years due to due to advertising revenues going down. Shocker, yeah. and you know you you have to think that someone could come in and just do a better job. So you
2: can't look at this market and not see that it's a huge, uh, I'm no business guy, but like, come on, man, just drive, drive, drive to Lehigh. See, see see what's going on over there. There are so many big and growing companies here that like, who just blow money on like dumb advertising. They, when like, there's a, there's a professional sports team with, with trophies that have been won with a history of success and an incredibly passionate fan base that um is just like sitting here <laughs> and just waiting yep. for waiting for this and so i that's why i'm super optimistic honestly like i know there's uncertainty for people who are still in the organization for their job and i am rough and it's it sucks to not know what's going to happen but overall i think i think people within the organization are probably feeling um like they could use a change of, of scenery up top but then just in general like um I'm I'm very I I felt very anxious this week, but very optimistic this week that like better things really are ahead because we've I I would I would I don't feel uncomfortable saying probably some of the best times of all of our lives have been at RSL games, and um I miss I miss feeling that all the time. It was great, and so hopefully somebody can bring that back for us because it's it's all just waiting.
3: And that is a great place to end. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate your time. Love we'll to do this more often. Sure. Yeah, I like, I like the crossover. This is nice.
6: I think, we, uh, I think we need a round.
0: Thank you for listening to episode 24 of Off the Crossfire. We'll be back to normal coverage. That is At the most point.
1: audiobook voice you could possibly do. It sounds like it goes very NPR. Yeah, that and was, um, uh, thanks for
0: indulging me there, guys. Yeah,
2: that was nice. I liked that. Uh, I enjoyed it. I think it matches the tone of the jazz that we'll likely be playing in this episode as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was for
0: something triumphant to lead us in. But. We
2: should, should we briefly mention what happened with the last two games? Uh, so... I mean, we were, we were, I wanted to record after the day the players went on strike that night, which I'm glad we didn't because the next day was the Deloitte day. Um, but RSL, day. RSL smashed Colorado in Colorado. Um, we were down one zero at halftime. Freddie made a bunch of good adjustments. Um, Mikhail Chang, he had a goal and two assists. Um, just Justin Miram scored his first goal. And then obviously we didn't play the game against LAFC. And then last night we were in Portland, um, and just by all accounts, an insane match where they scored on a dumb thing. We, we scored to tie it. They score again on a dumb thing. We scored to tie it. We should have had a penalty. Um, just a very strong attacking game from RSL and go down by two goals and then end up tying it four, four, three, four, three and four, four, um, in the 90th minute and like the 94th or 95th minute, I believe through uh, Giuseppe Rossi and Sam Johnson with some great work by uh, Demir Krylock to set up Giuseppe Rossi and Corey Baird had an incredible game where he uh, set up Sam Johnson. So the games go on and um, yeah, and I'm glad the players still have the fire in them because I mean, coming down from two goals (laughs) to tie the game in the last few minutes is nothing to scoff at.
0: Yeah, it was uh, was the last time we did something like that, Columbus in 2018. Mm, yes, it was. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's really encouraging to see that these players actually still want to play, because I don't think any of us would have blamed them if they looked just dead inside. Like, Absolutely. Honestly.
2: Yeah, it's an incredibly tough and distracting time to be playing in general, um, let alone with what's going on with um, with the club. So, Trevor, did you watch
1: the game by chance? Last night? Yes, I did. Well, I, nice. no, I, I watched both games, Colorado and mm-hmm. – yeah. I did. I was able to watch it on my YouTube TV. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. There's – oh.
0: I, the, la- the last good thing to come out of the Deloitte Hansen ownership group. The very last thing. Yes. And one what
2: of you, the few, right? The lasting, the lasting uh, legacy is that the they academy. us we've TV. We've got YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. The thing yeah, that i will is- make my mom happy because she uses YouTube TV and um, got me an account on YouTube TV through, oh. through hers, so I have YouTube TV as well. That's very sweet. Such um, a sweet mom she is, and so she she's gonna be very happy that she can watch RSL. Um, I don't think she knew that she probably couldn't watch RSL at any point, but now she can. Um, similar to Andy Carroll figuring out that he couldn't and then now can. So, um, and now yeah. we
0: might not want to. So.
2: No, he's gonna turn it back off.
0: (laughs) The the world has come full circle.
1: (laughs) He's he's gonna turn it back off. I did Uh, I did want to point out, we didn't talk about it with the other guys, but I did want to point out the absolute irony of one of the big through lines (laughs) of our meeting with uh, Andy Carroll was he wanted to increase transparency between the club and media. That's that was the whole point that we that was the whole reason we met with Andy Carroll was he wanted to be more transparent. And mm-hmm. I thought that was just perfect timing. For this week. It Brilliant. was a very
2: transparent week, and it's gonna continue to be. We're yep. gonna get an overload of transparency,
1: I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean Jake Jake did hint that uh there was stuff coming tomorrow. I don't know what that is. It is classic well, Jake, right? Not
1: good. I mean it's not <laughs>
2: gonna be good stuff. I think there's likely gonna be another athletic article. Um I think that there might be local journalists working on stuff. I don't know for sure. Um, but I would definitely based on everything, you know, the the stuff that came out in the first athletic article was very focused on um Delore Hanson's Hansen's racist comments in the past. Um and through the lens of like experiences that Andy Williams has had with Deloitte Hansen and some other player comments as well. Um there's an entire Diff, there, there's an entire different set of things to, to dive into when it comes to Deloitte Hansen and how he's been running both this organization and, uh, and other organizations that he owns that um, I think there's a lot, I think I, I honestly, there's so much there. I think that's why Deloitte Hansen gave up ownership as quickly as he did or is willing to give up ownership as quickly as he has, because he knows that MLS doing an, in, an investigation, um, on their terms. Uh, I don't think he thinks it's going to end well. So, um, I think that's
0: fair to say.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, even, anyway. and even if like nothing else comes out of this, this is all the, we've like, it's still not going to end well for oh, the abs- worst. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's still going to um, be a miserable time for him. I mean, mm-hmm. he will be fine because he's worth three point something billion dollars, but yeah,
0: he'll, he'll make money out of this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he he will. And
2: uh, again, like with someone who I think is as into his legacy or reputation as he is, I think, uh, I mean, it's, what's disheartening is that it took this long for something like this to happen for, um, for him to face some responsibility for the culture that he's been cultivating. I think, I think that's too bad. Um, but I am glad that it's finally here and hopefully it serves as an example of like, um, you know, of how, of how these people get away with taking advantage of so many, like, you know, thousands of employees who fall under the umbrella and the type of, the, the type of real impact that this has on, on, on people's lives who, um, you know, don't have a lot of control in their workplace really in general, but yeah, just just overall I think it's um I think this is very positive a very positive thing that's that's taking place now and I'm very optimistic moving forward which I think you know we all talked about in in the round table.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. We, so uh game Wednesday, right?
2: Yep. And, uh, are, wait, are we back at home?
0: Yes. <laughs> are there in the stadium?
2: I don't uh, know
1: what's they, going on. They are on
0: selling now. tickets so yeah, but everything is sort of upside down right now. So yes, there's we definitely
2: going to be game Wednesday against Seattle, and it is at Rio Tinto. So, yeah. um, yep, cool. We uh, will see you guys there <laughs> or yeah, not. We'll, we'll see. see you on teeth. We'll see you online. We'll yeah. see you on uh, us nerds. We'll see you online. <laughs> okay. Well, uh,
0: goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.